0: Hello everybody and welcome back to New Books in German Studies. I'm Julia Stetter, your host, and today we'll be talking to Julia Kerscher about her new book Autodidactic Artistic Media. Hello everybody and welcome back to New Books in German Studies. I'm Julia Stetter, your host, and today we'll be talking to Julia Kerscher about her new book Autodidactic Artistic Medienpraktik, or in English, Autodidacticism Artistry Media Practice, which analyzes works from Karl Philipp Moritz, Karl Einstein and Thomas Bernhardt. Among other issues, it deals with evaluations of autodidacticism within literature and with discussions about possible connections between gender and autodidacticism. Moreover, the book has won the dissertation prize of the University of Tübingen. Miss Kersha, welcome to the show. Hello, Miss Detter. I'm pleased to be here. Yeah, yeah, the pleasure is mine. Uh, so, um, I wonder if you uh, could start by telling us a bit about how you got just the general idea of writing about um, dilettantism. And are there certain persons, experiences or authors that have inspired you?
1: Oh, um, the idea to write about dilettantism developed from a reading experience during my studies. In a seminar on European avant-garde, we read uh, Karl Einstein's text, Beboka oder Die Lettenten des Wunders. I liked it a lot and wanted to continue to work on it. By this time, Thomas Bernhard used to be my favorite writer. His work, as you know, is riddled with characters who fail in art. He obviously deals with dilettantism as well, but with another form of it and in another way than Einstein does. So I decided to investigate forms of dilettantism in German-speaking literature and chose karl Philipp uh, Moritz Anton Reiser to be the third major text to be examined.
0: Hmm, Yeah, amazing combination of authors. So, as the beginning... um, Could you very uh, briefly pass out what you mean with uh, dilettantism and with which uh, research goals you follow, especially in contrast with other literary scientists dealing with dilettantism?
1: Um, Dilettantism, in my view, is a model of artistic and scientific self-reflection. Dilettantism can therefore be understood as a heuristic category that gives information about what was for which reason accepted to be at a particular time art and what was not. Based on the observation that concepts of dilettantism vary both synchronically and diachronically, I wondered if literary history could be conceived as a history of different positionings to those varying concepts of dilettantism. That implies that you can think of no progress in art without dealing with dilettantism, and this applies to artists as well as to literary scholars. Innovation in art has often been condemned to be dilettantism at first, and after it has been accepted, it wasn't labeled dilettantism anymore. First, to find out about the subtle alliance between dilettantism and ingenuity was a further research goal. In contrast to other literary studies, Who investigated literary scientists who investigated dilettantism nearly solely around 1800 and 1900? My aim was to show that dilettantism was and is used as an essential model of artistic self reflection until today. Furthermore, some scholars have examined dilettantism in terms of system theory and therefore have focused on inclusion and exclusion regarding the system art. My main interest, however, is the relation between literature and its cultural contexts. My basic research question is, together with which fields of knowledge does literature at a particular time elaborate and reflect which specific forms of dilettantism?
0: So in the first chapter of your book, um, you start with concepts of dilettantism within the 18th century. And um, one aspect you analyze here is that Goethe and Schiller link dilettantism with gender, which means particularly with women. Um, so um, what do Goethe and Schiller say exactly? And how is it linked with their aesthetic theory?
1: As you know, um, 18th century aesthetics developed together with anthropology and it dealt It dealt intensively with the balance of certain powers within a human being, for example, the balance of ratio and emotion. Now, two things come together. In terms of aesthetics, the dilettante, derived from the Latin word delectare, to enjoy oneself, respectively, the amateur, derived from amare, to love, is said to be a person whose sensibility Sensibility predominates the ratio, and more exactly, the dilettante's ability to perceive predominates the ability to create. In terms of gender around 1800, the same applies to women. They were ascribed with passivity, emotion, and sensibility, and in consequence, with a tendency to dilettantism. And you can show that Goethe and Schiller suggest that women as a gender are dilettantes, and the dilettantism is a female phenomenon, whereas creativity and ingenuity are claimed to be male capabilities.
0: And um, But then, astonishingly, at the beginning of the 20th century, Rudolf Kassner associates masculinity with um, dilettantism. So, um, quite the opposite of what Goethe and Schiller claim, right? Um, because uh, at the beginning, in the 18th century, it was with dilettantism and with women, and now it's Um, In the 20th century, it's dilettantism and mean. Um, uh, Now, uh, could you explain what has changed in the years in between and how dilettantism is then seen in Kessler's time?
1: Yeah, I try. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: Other than 18th 18th century's anthropology, 19th century anthropology thinks of the human being above all as a biological, hence a sexual being. Artistic creation and sexual procreation are correlated no longer metaphorically. Artistic processes are now tied to physical processes. Whereas around 1800, a pronounced sensibility was classified as an indicator of dilettantism, around 1900, nervousness, neurasthenia and hysteria are linked with dilettantism, plus impotence. In virility, the inability to procreate was linked with dilettantism,
0: the inability to create. So, broadly speaking, dilettantism became male. So, times and aesthetics and especially anthropology have changed, um, I assume. Um, So, let's move on. One key novel you analyze is also Carl Philipp Moritz novel Anton Reiser. And um, within this novel, Anton is presented as an autodidact. Um, but how do the narrator and the text as a whole evaluate uh, Anton's autodidacticism? Mm,
1: yeah, in Karl Philipp Moritz's novel Anton Reiser, the narrator who stands in the tradition of the Enlightenment holds the view that autodidacticism was a proper method to educate oneself. At once, he, I conveniently call him, he, he advocates um, the aesthetics of autonomy Concerning education and concerning art, he thus makes a case for models of self-reference. But there's a performative contradiction. For one thing, the narrator constantly addresses the readership in order to educate them. Hence, he acts in an external procurement. He doesn't practice what he preaches. For another thing, Anton's self-reference in education results in isolation and at least structural autism. His self-referentiality in poetry and acting result in dilettantism. He fails when he writes corresponding to the principles of a Laterna Magica, just as he fails when he acts on the basis of empathy. Therefore, I conclude, the novel as a whole evaluates Anton's autodidacticism in a very skeptical way.
0: So, um, next author. In another chapter of your book, you describe that for Karl Einstein, um, dilettantism appears in the context of the primitive um, within uh, modern forms. Um, Hence, Einstein develops a special writing style. Uh, So, could you, in the first step, describe his writing style and then, in the second step, tell us how it is influenced by his concept of aesthetics?
1: In in accordance with its Sosensic subject and setting, Karl Einstein's text Bebuka oder Die Dilettanten des Wunders shows what I call Sosensic aesthetics. With regard to the text as a whole, the Sosensic quality consists in Einstein's claim for an absolute non mimetic piece of art understood as a literary equivalent to the mute body arts of the circus, and those in turn were considered to be suitable answers to modernity's crisis with language. Regarding the specific writing style, you can observe that it's oriented towards revue and variété. Varieté means variety, so similar to a performance in a variété, where different kinds of of performances, like dance, chanson, magic, etc., follow each other. In Bebuka oder Die Dilettanten des Wunders, long chapters follow short ones, dramatic narrative and lyric style are mixed, and philosophical deliberations and abusive expressions interact, etc. But my main point in this chapter was to show that Einstein's sussensic subject and writing style are forms of dilettantism. and How so? Uh, Dilettantism has become a positive point of reverence within avant-garde art because avant-garde artists wanted to fight against mainstream bourgeois art. In this context, primitive art became very important, for example, within French cubism and in Carl Einstein's work. Einstein paid a lot of attention to African and oceanic art and linked its design vocabulary to cubism. You can show that the circus artist Euphemia in Bebuqueira is cousin to primitive and cubistic figures through exactly this use of forms. Consequently I assert so sensic arts now positively evaluated uh, the now positively evaluated dilettant performing arts are the modern european urban form of now positively evaluated dilettantism uh, dilettant primitivism sorry.
0: Hmm, amazing. So um, now dilettatism is quite positive, and at the beginning it was a normative and negative concept. Um, oh, fine. So uh, for Michel Foucault, um, dilettatism is a rather a uh, positive phenom- phenomenon as well, um, because for him it indicates a connection between art and life. Uh, now you identify a similar position in a novel of Thomas Bernhard called The Loser. And concerning this observation, you then conclude something about Bernhard's anthropology. Um, could you tell us a bit about that?
1: Bernhard's novel, the, the Loser, was published in 1983. And at the same time, Michel Foucault thought about the souci de soi of, about self-care. Generally, questions on how to lead a good life have been discussed in intellectual and popular discourse in the early 1980s. The philosopher Foucault and the narrator in Bernhard's novel share the view that you can and should you regard your own life as a piece of art and therefore should consider yourself as an artist of life, respectively of living. The narrator's insight is that you can fail in artistry, in his case, it's playing the piano, and still be an artist. And in his, in his opinion, as in Foucault's, you don't need to be a genius in order to become an artist, since everyone can become the artist of his or her life. Against this background, I call the narrative's withdrawal from music programmatic dilettantism. Now, my proposition to Bernhard's anthropology. It is often said that Bernhard's anthropology was a negative one. And yes, there are tons of life-hating, self-hating, women-hating characters in his texts, and many commit suicide. But in The Loser, a late work, a concept of successfully coping with life, called Lebenskunst, Art of Living, is presented. And significantly, the orientation towards a positive anthropology is connected to an orientation towards programmatic dilettantism.
0: And um, besides, at the end of your book, um, you discover a certain parallel between the writing style of Marshall McLuhan and Thomas Bernhardt. And um, could you explain that a bit and tell us how his observation is linked with dilettant- how this observation is linked with uh, dilettantism? Marshall
1: McLuhan's and Thomas Bernhardt's writing style are both characterized by redundancy repetition, and variation by spiral rhetoric and inconsistency. Due to his unsystematic writing style, McLuhan has been accused of scientific dilettantism. As a side note, it was done by such famous readers like Umberto Eco and Jacques Derrida. The crucial point is McLuhan illustrates the principles of the electronic age, repetition, and variation with with his writing style. By doing so, By doing so, he rejects the rules of scientific discourse and therefore is accused of dilettantism. In Thomas Bernhardt's The Loser, the genius Klein Gould represents the electronic age by using electronic media. So the text asserts that in the postmodern era, ingenuity is only possible together with electronic media – or with adopting electronic age's principles in writing, as does Thomas Bernhardt in his redundant spiral and inconsistent style. Furthermore, in The Loser, it is the mixture of narrative voices by the means of inquit and Cogitat formulas which resemble the historic Glenn Gould's radio shows and recording practices. In this manner, Bernhardt's text, a literary text, Text um, participates in the modern, in the postmodern electronic way of ingenuity.
0: I mean, it's astonishing uh, that you um, can put these two authors together, um, but uh, yet it's still uh, pretty convincing how you develop it. Um, so, in conclusion, you have analyzed major contexts and literary works concerning dilettantism since the 18th century and. Um, to sum up, can you just um, say how the perception of dilettantism has changed during the last 300 years in general and how it might develop in the future?
1: Um, for the first time, dilettantism in Germany has been conceptualized by Goethe, Schiller and Meyer, 1799 in their schemes über den dilettantismus. The emerging discipline, called aesthetics, used concepts of dilettantism mainly as a means for cultural policy, for example to promote classicist ideas of ingenuity. Dilatantism was rejected and at the same time needed as a counterpart. During the 19th century, dilettantism has been increasingly, increasingly discussed in relation to natural sciences. Proto-scientific practices like collecting or experimenting now were important forms of dilettantism as depicted for depicted for example in Flaubert's Bouvard et Pécuchet or Goethe's die Wahlverwandtschaften around 1900 dilettantism has been discussed in terms of cultural psychology and has newly been used as a category of cultural self-description Dilettantism became a major feature of the whole era and has been, along with uh, decadence and the figure of the dandy, classified as positive by some and as negative by others. In the early 20th century, dilettantism has been a model of reference, reference which was affirmed in theistically theistically by avant-garde artists. We talked um, about Karl Einstein, for example. In the late 20th century, dilettantism has been, among others, discussed in the context of the art of living and of electronic media. Nowadays, uh, nowadays, uh, media also seem to be the most important um, playground for dilettantism. Um, You know, television shows search for superstars on YouTube. Everyone can easily upload his or her videos on social media and enable everyone to promote their art. Some condemn these developments. And others, I guess, might say in times when art is subject to ruthless capitalization and neoliberalization, dilettantism, may it be programmatic or not, isn't the worst thing to think of.
0: Okay, Ms. Kasher, thanks a ton for your time. Uh, I really appreciate all the great research you have done. Uh, So, thanks for sharing it with us today. I
1: thank you.